my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 391 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I am your host, Kevin Huntsperger, and uh, talking about breakups. I'll get to all of that in just a few minutes and why, but first I want to remind everybody that a great way to support the My One Two Three Cents podcast and brand along with Stride Pro Wrestling is to shop at prowrestlingtees.com slash my123cents, collar and elbow brand, use promo code my123cents or thigh huggers. Also using that promo code my123cents any proceeds that come from any of those websites go straight to supporting the Stride Pro Wrestling brand specifically. But, you know, it's great to get the My123Cents name out there as well. But again, any little bit helps and buying a t-shirt, a pair of thigh huggers, or any of the other merch over on uh, Collar and Elbow goes a long way to support indie wrestling. And I've been preaching that for many years now, but uh, hopefully... Folks are uh, getting out there and supporting their f- favorite content creators, brand makers, etc., etc., etc. Speaking of Stride Pro Wrestling, that kind of brings me to this week's topic of, of breakups and the breakup of sorts, if you will. And, I, and when I say breakups, I'm talking, of course, about tag teams or friendships dissolving. Some of my favorites, uh, maybe I don't want to necessarily call this the Mount Rushmore, but I do have four uh, big time breakups that happened through the years in the world of professional wrestling that resonated with me that kind of stuck with me through the years my favorites at least these were the four that kind of came to my top of my head uh first and i'm sure there are others out there that i'm forgetting or whatever but uh, the four that i'm going to talk about a little bit later are definitely four that i think are probably my four favorite um and the topic of course comes because this saturday night on may 21st if you're listening to this uh, the week of of May 16th, um, my former tag team partner, tag team champion, tag team partner, very good friend, Tyler Heath Hatton. He's been on the podcast multiple times in the past, uh, but he and I uh, are in a rough patch, and we are going to wrestle this Saturday night. I cannot believe it has come to this, but yes, I am getting in the ring again. 
Um, and this time it's for control of Stride Pro Wrestling. But, you know, how did we get here? Well, at Strideversary, you may remember, uh, you know, he kicked me below the belt, threw me face first into a steel chair, then used that chair and hit me in the back with it. Um, and then it was kind of the verbal abuse that followed that incident. Now, I'm his boss. So I hired you to be the general manager, and I expected you to do a better job than Ke or than uh, Sam. And quite frankly, you suck. I mean, can we all agree that he's probably uh, just a terrible, horrible general manager? So, That's not true, Daddy. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad that you've taken the steps to put me in it. All I ask is from now on, just stay out of my business. Really, honestly, I would be the champion now. We can all agree, I would be the heavyweight champion if it was not for Kevin. So, there you have it. It has led to this. It is going to be myself and Heath Hatton once again happening this Saturday night, May 21st at the Sioux Drive Center in Marion, Illinois. If you're in the tri-state area, come on out, support indie wrestling. You're going to see all your favorites from Stride Pro Wrestling as well. Dexter Roswell is defending the Stride Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Riser in a last man standing match. We got a best two out of three falls match going on between Peyton Ayers and Shane Rich. Roger Mathis and Axe Allworth, the new Stride Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions, are going to be defending their belts against the former champs AJ Kellis and David Lee Walker, as well as uh, Clayton Clark and Bo Sawyer in a triple threat tag team match. There's going to be a new uh, No Limits Champion crown because Savion Ayers is injured, so there is going to be a fatal four-way, so a new champion will emerge and, and walk out that night as well it's going to be el magnifico brandon espinoza jimmy razor and bud galloway taking on each other in that uh, fatal four-way and uh, it's just going to be a great night chris hargis has come back and he is going to have an open challenge so who will accept his challenge you gotta come out again on saturday may 21st and who is going to end up in control of stride pro wrestling heath hatton or kevin huntsberger um, you know, again, I, I thought the last time I wrestled was going to be the last time that I wrestled, but that's not the case. And so, uh, I'm doing it one more time and, and maybe this time for the last time. So, uh, again, Sioux Drive Center, Marion, Illinois, bell time is 6.30. And, uh, if you need directions or need to know where the Sioux Drive Center is, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram and I will certainly make sure that you get directions so you know obviously the dissolving of the relationship between heath and i uh, in stride in the ring uh, as tag team partners the baby oil express as chad smart once coined us um, you know it was almost three years ago now that he and i teamed up and won the stride pro wrestling tag team champions which again is championships um, which again is a surreal moment uh, of my life and, and of my wrestling uh, fandom and, and being a part of Stride Pro Wrestling and wrestling in general. So um, it, it kind of, th that moment uh, back in March made, made me, or inspired me, I guess, to do this week's podcast of, 
of some famous breakup. So um, here we go. And I guess not really in any particular order, but kind of, I guess. Uh, I guess I'll start with number four. And that is the Festival of Friendship. When that came to an end, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. This was 2017. This is the most recent uh, breakup, if you will, that I have. And, uh, you know, I don't talk about a whole lot of current modern day stuff on this podcast. I And as you see the rest of my list, you'll see that I am definitely a uh, 80s and 90s more of a wrestling junkie from that era. Uh, but I really enjoyed the buildup of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho and then that total destruction of it. I thought it was done very creatively with um, Jericho reading the list that you know he had made so famous, but then he had Kevin Owens' list. And at Fastlane, you will beat Goldberg because I've got your back, okay? And you know why? It's because you're my best friend. You, even more so, you're, you're my brother. You're my brother, okay? And I love you, man, honestly, I really do. And I'm gonna have your back, always. That's never gonna change, okay? Look, I, I'm, I'm sorry, okay, Chris? I am, because this, this isn't what I expected, but uh, you obviously went through a lot of trouble. You did all this for me, and look, it, it's great, okay? I, it's great, I, I love you too, buddy, I love you. After seeing all of this, I didn't realize you'd go all out like this because I, I got you something too, but it's, it's nothing compared to this, but I'll, can I have it please? I'll give it to you anyway, I mean. Like I said, it's really not much, especially not compared to this, but it comes from the heart, man. Thanks. Go, go ahead, open it. Okay. I, dude, I, can't, I, can't, I didn't know you were gonna get me anything. I know it's not much, but... It's perfect. A new list! I mean, it's great. I mean, the other list is, is getting beat up and it's, it's getting full. How come my name's on this? Kevin, no! What is going on? I don't understand this at all. So again, this culminating and you know the the way it all went down and and they they feuded and I do feel like it was kind of eclipsed by Goldberg and and all of those outside forces. But you know, for a little bit of time, you know that little time capsule, if you will. Uh, it was a little bit of magic going on there between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho and, and you know, what they put out there and, and put together. It was, it was good stuff. I really enjoyed it a lot. Another big time breakup to me, and this one, you know, I maybe would move it up a little higher. I'm not sure, but I, I didn't want to have two back-to-back -back ones with the same guy in it, So, uh, and that probably gives away what my number one is. But um, in 1986, actually in 1985, Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff formed 
a partnership, a union after WrestleMania. Bob Orton uh, came off the top rope at WrestleMania and hit Paul Orndorff with his cast, leading to Hulk Hogan pinning Orndorff in the main event of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Of course, uh, Piper and Orton blamed Orndorff for the big loss, the embarrassment of losing at the very first WrestleMania, which led to the babyface turn of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who I, as a kid at that time, in that moment, I loved it. I loved Paul Orndorff um, when he was a good guy. But in hindsight, looking back, I think someone whose moniker, and I, I'll throw Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, into this as well. If your name implies or your nickname implies that you're better than everyone else, I, I just, I don't see you working as a babyface. Um, you know, Mr. Wonderful, to me, was always a better heel. You know, when I was 12 and 13 years old, though, I enjoyed the face run he had and teaming with Hulk Hogan and, you know, being the good guy and, and getting those cheers for a year and, and, and fighting Roddy Roddy Piper and Paul or um, Cowboy Bob Orton and, uh, you know, the other heels uh, within WWE. But then, you know, in 86, it was uh, early summer and it was Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff teaming up against King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd. And I don't remember, it was on one of the syndicated shows. I don't remember if it was Challenge or Superstars, but that I remember watching it on a Sunday morning and Mr. Wonderful turning on Hulk Hogan. You know, Orndorff had felt slighted. And I think then the rest of Orndorff's 86 run was probably, in my opinion, the best, even though I know he went on later to wrestle in WCW and win the TV championship. I feel like he was at his very best uh, during that run. And the steel cage match in early 87 against Hogan, where they both drop out at the same time, I, I just I thought it was, pardon the, the pun, it was wonderful. Um, so yeah, I, but that breakup, it, it, you know, seventh grade, I was devastated. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe this is happening. You know, these are... Hulk Hogan and, and Paul Orndorff were two of my favorites at the time. And and now Orndorff has, has turned his back on on the Hulkster. And, and it was devastating as a as a young wrestling fan who probably should have known better, but, you know, was, was very much impacted and devastated by that dastardly move that Paul Orndorff did. You know, Bundy and, and Stud had beaten up on Hogan, and after the match was over... Orndorff helps up the Hulkster, and as you think they're celebrating and having a good time, then it happens. They've already been disqualified. Someone, come on, Paul, get in there. Orndorff should get in there and help out. What's wrong? The match is officially over. They're just hammering and hammering. Finally, Orndorff comes in to help out. He sure took a sweet time about it. Nonetheless, Orndorff finally coming in to help champion Hulk Hogan. Gets him up. Pops him. All right. They'll win the match. Holds his hand up high for victory. They'll win this matchup. But nonetheless. Oh, no. What oh. the What in the heck was that all about? You gotta be... No! No! 
So yeah, it was, uh, again, one of those moments that, to me as a fan, it just stuck out like, man, Hulk Hogan, what has he done wrong here, you know? But as we'll find out later, he pops up in this list again. Um, in 1992, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, who I feel like are probably an underrated tag team, um, dare I say, better than some of the tag teams that are, you know, at the top of many other fans, Mount Rushmore's. And again, I was a WWF guy, grew up watching all wrestling, but really, you know, it was WWF that I enjoyed the most. And, you know, the Rockers coming from the AWA, jumping to the WWF, and I really thought they were going to have a tag team championship run. I know they won the belts, um in kind of odd fashion against uh, the Hart Foundation in 1990, and the belts were returned back to the Hart Foundation, and, and you know, Michaels and Jannetty never had the belts uh, as the Rockers. Now, of course, they won them with different partners, which I thought was very odd. Um, but I think that the Rockers may be one of the best WWF tag teams, WWE tag teams, uh, to have never won the tag team championships. Um, you know, and then, of course... In late 1991, and I was in college by this point, I can remember watching the syndicated programs and stuff and seeing kind of the, the hints of dissension that was building up. And then, of course, that infamous uh, episode of The Barbershop in 1992, and it all just kind of broke loose. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my back to you right now. And if you want to go on your own, then walk off and leave. If you want to stick together and make this thing work, when I turn around, we're going to shake hands and we're going to go on a rock and roll like the rockers can do. They need each other. You know that. Sounds fair to me. He's not going to walk away. They need each other. Again, you know, I was disappointed, I guess, a little bit with this one, you know, because I really did enjoy the Rockers, and I thought that they were one of the better tag teams in, in WWE in that era. Um, but then, you know, what it meant for Shawn Michaels, I mean, good grief, he became, you know, recognized as one of the best in the world, and I think a lot of people still have him 
as either 1A or 1B next to Ric Flair as far as uh, all-time greats. And I like Shawn Michaels. I think he was great. I think he was good. Uh, but for you know personal fandom, he's not probably... I don't know that I'd even have him in my top 20, to be quite honest with you. I, you know, again, I like him. I, I thought his early work, you know, turning on Marty Jannetty and, and that kind of snarky, uh, pretty boy, uh, boy toy heel that he played with sensational Sherry Martell, who was just coming off of, of her um, breakup of sorts with the Million Dollar Man. Um, I thought those two together were gold, and I, I did enjoy what they were doing and and obviously none of that would have happened without that breakup of the rockers so obviously sean's career benefited uh many many fold versus what happened with marty Jannetty. and i think that marty Jannetty sometimes uh, maybe unfairly is is you know remembered as you know when we talk about tag teams that break up um or even if they don't break up and, and feud, but just break up and, and end up wrestling as singles, you know, one of them inevitably is referred to as the Gennetti. Um, and I don't know how fair that is, but, uh, you know, the Rockers are one of those tag teams. One of those, I'm trying to think, you know, just right off the top of my head, you know, because we saw, you know, like Demolition kind of went away. They didn't really have a formal breakup. They just went away. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, the Hart Foundation, the kind of the same way, you know, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart just kind of went singles and then Jim started wrestling with Owen Hart, um, as the new foundation, but there weren't a whole lot of tag teams that just kind of broke up and feuded, um, the way the Rockers did. And of course, I guess Strike Force would be one of those, but a lot of the others just kind of went their own separate ways. So I think that the Rockers breaking up was a big deal because of what it then led to. And, and then, you know, ultimately what it led to for Shawn Michaels, for sure. And then number one, of course, uh, I think it goes without saying, I think most old school fans would agree with this, the explosion of the mega powers in 1989. Um, I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan and in 1987, that fall, when Randy Savage turned babyface, I became a huge Macho Man Randy Savage fan. And, you know, when they united and, and became the mega powers and uh, just what they did. And, you know, looking back on it now, you know, 30 plus years later and seeing the buildup. I mean, really, I feel like two of the best stories in wrestling from my time as a fan happened in succession of, or, you know, they were one right after the other. And I feel like they're connected in terms of the storyline of Hulk Hogan and Andre, the giant and the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase and the purchasing of the, the WWF championship. And then what that leads to with the tournament at WrestleMania four that leads to, you know, the, the solidifying of the mega powers to feud with the mega bucks and then as that feud is progressing you know that tag team feud um we're seeing these little tiny cracks in the foundation of the mega powers before eventually you know really you know they kind of formed in the fall of 87 and then by february of 89 
man, mega powers explode on primetime television. Epic, epic moment. You know, I know it was live TV and there's a couple of snafus that happen. Um, but man, it was such, such good stuff. Spot right now. You know what I'm saying? What the heck is wrong with you, man? What do you mean with that? Why did you leave me out there? What is wrong with you? What is going on? You knocked her down, man. I know it was an accident. Hey, come on. Listen, let me tell you something about Hokumania. Let me tell you something about Hokumania. Yeah. Macho Madness is talking to me. You're wrong, man. You're wrong. No, you're way out of line. No, you're on. You're out of line. And let me tell you why you're out of line. You got jealous eyes right there. Right there. You're looking at me with jealous eyes. Because you're a former champion. Hokumania is just uh, in the way. I was carrying you. I'm not number three in the Mega Powers. I'm number one. You guys got me in the backseat. You're way out of line. Hold on, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Just slow down, man. Hold on, slow down, wait a minute. No, you're way out of line. In the man, you never asked me for a title shot. You know why? You know why, Elizabeth? Because you can't beat me. You're wrong. No, you can't. Man, don't touch me. You can't beat me. No, you didn't come at me like a man. You're jealous because I'm the World Wrestling Federation champion now. And I'm going to be a long time from now. No, you didn't wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, I'm going to tell you what you're wrong about more than anything else. No, I'm going to tell you what you're wrong about more than anything else. I can take anything. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Those eyes right there. Those eyes. Lost Elizabeth. You understand that? You got lost. You got lost for Elizabeth right there. And I'm going to tell you, it makes me sick. I can't even stand to look at you. You turned my guts into. If you wanted to come at me, man to man. For a belt, I would beat you one, two, three. That would be okay. Try and talk some sense into this guy, man. Try and talk some sense into me. And so I, you know, I remember watching that on on tape after it happened. You know, after the Mega Powers wrestled. Big Boss Man and Akeem, the Twin Towers, on the main event. And just remember being like, I, I didn't want to see it end. I liked what they were doing. But, you know, obviously it was time, or maybe maybe it was time for Hulk Hogan to kind of regain his spot at the top of the mountain. And, you know, not that Randy Savage was ever a, a bad champion. I, I enjoyed Randy Savage's title run, but I do feel like, he always was second fiddle to Hulk Hogan, except for when Hogan was gone briefly doing the film, uh, I guess it was No Holds Barred, um, during you know that early run of Savages in 88 when, when Savage was the champion in those early days. Um, but when Hogan came back, you know, it was a lot of, uh, you know, much like I think in 1990 when the Warrior won the belt, I feel like he was still being overshadowed and eclipsed by Hulk Hogan as well. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. Hogan was the biggest name uh, in wrestling in the 80s and early 90s. But I think that, you know, to ever truly get another champion over to the caliber that Hogan was, Hogan was going to have to be out of the spotlight, but then you can't take him out of the spotlight completely without giving the rub to the new champion, and it becomes kind of a uh, vicious cycle, if you will, um, especially when you're trying to do it with another babyface you know with Hogan dropping the belt in in 88 to Andre the Giant who then surrendered it to Ted DiBiase who was then almost immediately stripped of it there was never really a run for a heel to have the championship and then you know Savage wins it you know a month later or whatever it was at Wrestlemania 
it was just a lot of of living in that shadow and i wonder how different savage's championship run would have been had he turned on hogan um while hogan was was still champion and and won the belt that way and you know building up because we never you know that's kind of the land of the wwe at the time the wwf uh, you know we went from four years of hogan as champion as a babyface that you know day or two with andre and dibiase as the champion and then a year of savage as the champion mostly as a babyface he was a heel for maybe a month before hogan beats him again for the belt and then holds it for another year before he loses it to the warrior who is a babyface who then loses it to sergeant slaughter um for uh, what two months who loses it again to hulk hogan so you know for from 84 actually you know if you even go back even further than that bob backland held it for so long and then the iron cheek had it for a month so if you if you go from the early 80s to the early 90s till yokozuna really in 1993 the the championship may have been a total of one year if even around the waist of a heel during that you know what 15 year run so i'm kind of veering off into other land here but you know i i do think that the mega powers exploding and and you know i it was just done so masterfully i i can't imagine that storyline coming together and gelling uh, any better than it did and um you know there there were talks at one point that rick flair was in consideration for jumping to the wwf in 1988 and as much as i would have liked i think to have seen that i i wonder had that jump happened what kind of impact that would have then played on the championship and savage's run and hulk you know i i think it almost would have it would have definitely killed the mega power thing i think um so i'm, I'm kind of glad that it didn't happen but although it would be interesting to see how the company would have put together that angle and that storyline. So those are my four favorites, at least the four that really popped into my head as soon as I thought about this. Of course, the the cherry on top being uh, the breakup of the Baby Oil Express, Heath Hatton and Kevin Huntsberger. And it, you know, as I was putting this list together, it, it got me to thinking because there's been so much talk lately about Randy Orton and Riddle, um, who I love as a tag team. I think that you know, I've read that this was supposed to be a, a very temporary thing over a year ago. And they've just kind of resonated and, and I guess, asked to keep this thing going with them. So uh, I like it. I, I have enjoyed their run and what they do. I think Randy Orton is having a good time. I think he's giving the rub to Riddle, which I think for so long fans have been critical of WWE for not building new superstars and I feel like we're kind of um, under the radar getting a megastar build for Riddle I really do and I, I'm curious and I'll be curious to see because I always thought because then people were like oh you know Orton and Riddle are going to break up and they're going to wrestle at Wrestlemania that, that was this past year's Wrestlemania with Orton being the heel now I almost wonder if Riddle becomes the one who turns. Although, I, you know, he's so 
kind of that goofy character. I don't. I'd be curious to see Riddle uh, as a heel. Um, I think Orton has really played the face role this run. I typically like Randy Orton much better uh, in a heel role, but with Riddle and him playing, you know, with Randy being the face in this. I've enjoyed his work, um, and you know Chad and I kind of joked about that a couple weeks ago about doing, because um, I I don't think he has really come around on on Randy Orton and, and changed his opinion of him. But I really have done a 180 on Randy Orton over the last few years, and this past year with with Riddle has really I feel like kind of put an exclamation point on that for me. Um, but I'll be curious to see because I feel like a lot of times, you know, many times we see these great builds uh, between partners, between friends, just to tear them down. And, and I'm glad they never did that really with the New Day um, and had them feud or fight um, because I really like and I, I hope that they get New Day back all on the same page at some point. But uh, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. But, you know, the Shield. You know, that was another great breakup that I had forgotten about until now, and, and evolution. And so there are obviously a lot of things out there. Um, and, you know, that not to say that any of those are, are any worse off than my list of four that I kind of came up with here. But, you know, I feel like it is inevitable Orton and Riddle are going to end up feuding, perhaps. And I feel like one of those two could be the man to take out Roman Reigns and become the guy who ends the however many hundreds of days now that that or, or that uh, Roman Reigns has been champion, and maybe that's where the breakup happens. Orton wins the championship, and Riddle becomes jealous of that and wants a championship match, and we get it. I don't know. Can we stretch this out to WrestleMania? Is Orton versus Riddle a WrestleMania quality match? I don't know. Uh, today, I, I, I WrestleMania match, yes. WrestleMania main event quality match, I guess, is where I should have gone with that. And, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe it doesn't have to be. You know, the championship doesn't always have to be the main event, as we've seen in the past. Um, so it's going to be an interesting watch, I think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I like where it's headed, um, and and it's going to be good. And, you know, not to besmirch AEW by any means, but, you know, MJF and Cody Rhodes, I, I liked what they had going with them as well and, and MJF. You knew that was coming. You know, that was one of those things. And, even, and that's the thing. You know, fans say, oh, I knew that was going to happen, or that's so predictable. And sometimes... That's cool. I don't mind knowing something's going to happen. It's the way it's built and executed that then we can appreciate it. So, you know, when, when people complain or mock WWE or, or, or AEW for that matter and say, oh, well, this was obvious or we knew this was coming. I saw some people posting that the other day after, um, I don't even remember, somebody I think had returned or so, something had happened and people were kind of critical of it. And I'm like, you know what, though? Let's just enjoy this. Why do we have to nitpick and complain about every little thing that happens uh, in the ring and, and beyond? So I want to remind you all again to come on out and support Stride Pro Wrestling if you're in the area. Um, it is happening again on Saturday, May 21st. If you're listening to this after May 21st, check out our Facebook and YouTube channels 
and subscribe and, and follow along that way. And again, speaking of subscribing, I hope you've subscribed to this podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Take a screenshot and send it my way, and you're going to get a my one two three cents prize. Uh, Chad, grateful for him. He sent a, a box full of goodies, so we've got some new things that we'll be adding to the prize vault. Um, and you know. I'll plant the seeds now for the My One Two Three Cents Stride Pro Wrestling action figure drive. We'll be doing that again, whether or not um, you know I'm still with Stride or not. Uh, hopefully, the folks who are still there and are still around would be willing to collect toys at a show and, and support uh, this cause. But again, um, it's never too early to start thinking about that. You know, Christmas will be here before you know it, and. Uh, just trying to make a difference in the lives of folks uh, who are in and around our region of Southern Illinois. Friends, uh, again, I appreciate you taking the time to listen and support the My One Two Three Cents and Stride Pro Wrestling brands. It's been a great time uh, doing this week's podcast. Let me know who your favorite breakups are in the comments, and we'll talk again very soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.